0: So today I'm very excited to have as my guest on this podcast on site, Young Wu, who is the founder and principal of a development firm in New York City. I had the pleasure of listening to him speak uh, at last year's Real Deal Forum in the Bahamas. And I was very intrigued by a lot of what he said. And um, I thought a lot of it was incredibly brilliant. Um, he's a an innovative developer, and uh, very excited to have have you on the podcast. So welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. So um, maybe you could tell me a little bit about your company, what you do, the projects you work on,
1: and what your business model is. Sure. We are uh, based in New York. Uh, now we are uh, into 40 years of development business. And I started... Investing in uh, fashion district in the 80s, then we got into Black Monday, which was a huge educational uh, period. It was a great learning time. And then in the 90s, we got into telco hotel. Uh, Those they called telco hotels because all the computers, routers, and servers, uh, living in one building, they sleep there, they play there, and therefore we call telco hotels. These days they call data center, and we were, uh, one of the three pioneers in the entire world to do that. And because we got into such business, we were able to attract, uh, many Wall Street investors, and that changed our scale of, uh, investment and finally we got into Wall Street doors and since then uh, we have done uh, many creative projects uh, you know, to compete uh, with other projects and other established developers and now we are being called as an innovative developers and we are very proud of that because we have done such deal as a uh, sky garage building, we done those telco hotel buildings, Pier Fifty Seven. So we constantly trying to understand uh, future of the real estate, and you know to understand future of the real estate. Time to time, uh, we speak to consultant about predicting futures, and also we speak to artist. Uh, they have very different understanding of how the world is going. Then also we speak to IT scientists because things are becoming virtual. And these days uh, we are focusing a lot. Actually not these days, but 10 years ago, when we realized there were big change happening in retail uh, sectors. So we had a keen interest about understanding that so last 10 years, we have been uh, experimenting a lot, uh, starting from DeKalb Market to Pier 57, uh, Bronx Post Office Project. So we have enough uh, knowledge to put all this retail idea together. And therefore, we are uh, starting a, a retail place, a new kind of retail place in Atlanta, Georgia.
0: Wow, okay. There's so much in your answer, so many it's, I mean, I could talk for days about segments of what you what you just discussed. So let's talk about retail where you ended. um, and then I want to get back to the data centers and everything else in between. But you know when I walk around the city, one third of all retail is vacant, and it seems to me as if the online shopping phenomenon, Amazon, high rents, there are a lot of different reasons why these retail spaces are vacant. What are you doing on Pier 57? What is the, i sorry, in in Atlanta, and what does the future of retail look like to you? And then
1: how do you design and develop for that use? I was very inspired by Chelsea Market, that 25 years ago concept. And Irving Cohen, uh, he's a brilliant man uh, coming up such idea. And at the beginning, uh, not many people understood very well, but the Chelsea market, I believe, was a true godfather of the area. And eventually created meatpacking district, also created West Chelsea area. And that phenomenon attracted many creative company and creative people to surround Chelsea market. And I also believe because of that, Google came to there, 111 8th Avenue. And therefore, it's a catalyst project. And I understand that city even collecting a billion dollar more tax on the surrounding area. And what we've been thinking, what will be next Chelsea market should be? And that was our homework last 10 years. So what did you come up with? I think we'll be interested at least the first project to understand who should be coming to our retail complex and our conclusion is going after millennial people and Y generation even A generation in the future and also we have lots of interest about Amazon shoppers uh, to come and if I can create a place what they are looking for, I believe we can be successful.
0: So, I mean, what you're saying sounds very basic from a common sense standpoint. You know, if the environment is good and if there's produce there that they're interested in interacting, isn't that the same principle of retail that's kind of been, you know, in a mall, essentially? Like if you look at Essex Crossing, what's being developed there, or Hudson Yards, What's the difference?
1: Yeah, shopping center, if you know, you know to understand market, let's try to understand shopping center. I believe the very first shopping center was created in Seattle in 1945. And now there are about 11,000 shopping centers and it was a great uh, phenomenon. It became a new town square of any town in USA. Uh, but there was a side effect of those. And if you go, for example, if you go to Cascade, about two hours away from here, because of shopping centers, all this downtown Broadway and Main Street disappear. When those streets disappears, means local talent, and local culture disappears. And therefore, all those young people think about what they should be doing in there. And I think that's one of the reason a lot of young people migrate to major cities. And we understand now that there are about 4,000 shopping centers got bankrupt. Another 3,000 is struggling and top 4,000 is is still continuing and of course like Walmart continuously growing but it's a time will change and then meaning of a shopping center to me has to be changed and so we had that interest and understand in small scale in New York City and therefore we opened middle of nowhere in Brooklyn called DeKalb Market, not today's DeKalb Market, but we originated DeKalb Market idea. It was a huge success because 99% of the product we were selling there, it was made in Brooklyn. It's not so much made in USA, not made in in Italy or China. That made it place so special. Then also we learned, has to be a great gathering place and therefore, we had the event, such as movie night, music night. But it's not just simply saying we're going to show the movie. We asked them, uh, you have to bring one day, for example, you have to bring bicycle. Otherwise, you cannot get in. And we had over 3,000 bicyclists came. And they were enjoying the whole uh, gathering as their place and other time we say everybody has to roller skate and that kind of interactive idea and experiencing idea uh, being there you know you feel special and you feel you are a creative and that's what we have learned from the Cal market and continuously promoting that idea ourselves. So I came to New York
0: in the late eighties and the experience on the street was very different for me. You know, I came as I'm a jazz musician. I came to perform and and play music here. Wow. Well, then you became real estate I know person. I know. Yeah. Well there is a connection. I think there's a lot of connections between jazz and between being creative and real estate. I agree. A lot of real estate is not creative and it's financial, but even some financial models have to be creative. But I think the more creative you can be, and something that really resonated with me is you speak to the artists and you see where the artists are coming from. And I want to touch on that a little bit more. But when I came to New York in the late eighties, you know, the city was a very different experience. There was an energy off the streets that was very unique to Manhattan and neighborhood by neighborhood. The East village was very different to Greenwich village which was very different to the Upper East Side. And you know there must have been 30, 40 jazz clubs at the time. Now I think I can count the amount of jazz clubs in my left hand. Every corner of New York City now has a Starbucks, a Zara, a Gap, a Sephora. And when I travel the world and go to other major cities like London, Paris, Sydney, Tokyo, Los Angeles, it's the same experience. There's a Sephora, there's a Starbucks, there's a Gap. And it seems that these urban environments in these cities are becoming much more homogeneous and the same, and it's kind of losing its luster, in my opinion. What what are your thoughts on that? Where do you see this going?
1: I think it was obvious uh, it's gonna change the retail components. When I think about real estate versus technology real estate is so far behind uh, this ever advancing technology and real estate development we still do a uh, very old-fashioned way of doing business and now I begin to see more and more developers uh, thinking about how to create this right environment and lifestyle for today's young people. And I think more to understand, uh, more we understand about this new generation people, I believe there is a solution uh, what the retail complex should be. So we analyze, you know, what millennial people like. And I came up to three conclusion. Uh, which we trying to implement in our development today's people they like to feel you are a very special and I'm more special than you, kind of feeling they want to get and second thing is whatever they do and they like to be very creative and also they like to see something very creative. And third thing I found out, they like to have experience. They want to be part of it. And they want to see something. They want to engage something. So with those three principles, and last 10 years we've been keep experimenting that idea, whether it's retail complex or any development that we do, we would like to implement those three ideas. And then when we analyze Amazon shoppers because Amazon is creating phenomenon in this world and we found out even though they love to go through surfing and finding new merchandise and going to online, 73% of Amazon shoppers, they trust more to buy in-store physically and that's the fact. And so we we gotta really understand where the world is heading to what the new lifestyle will be and how technology changing you know, the real estate development and requirements. So if we can understand that I believe we can find the right solution what kind of retail project we should build. Not only that And residential complex and office complex go same way. Because our typical development project, ground-up project, takes about five to seven years. And I understand these days, one generation is only six years. So if you apply in your development project today's concept, by the time you complete the project i believe it's already old idea so we should be able to understand what's gonna happen five years from now and ten years from now that questions those questions is my real interest to find out
0: can you talk a little bit about the project that you're working on in atlanta and is that a retail development Yes. And what what does that look like? What is that experience going to be? And um,
1: what can we expect? We have... Location is uh, important, and we believe this is a very hip location. Um, We think it can be a um, new ground zero for Atlanta. So we have 18 acres of land. We're developing... 250,000 square feet indoor-outdoor retail complex and it's a mixed-use project and we have the components that today's young people wish. So what we are creating is a town square. When you go to Europe, uh, there are many piazza and we were inspired by is town square. town square is a place where center of the town and different time and different thing happens and sometimes children comes to play, sometimes there's a music is being played and sometimes the retail shop being opened up. it's a gathering place and Gathering place is the interesting thing because you go there, seeing other people, engaging conversation, and seeing something unexpected, that one make town square interesting. So we got inspired by that idea and we want to create this retail complex, a town square, but under the roof then under the roof is a typical retail idea so we creating outdoor space we have wooded area we have a sky bridge that going through the wooded area we have event space outside and we have we are almost uh, signing a deal with major event uh, company to do indoor outdoor event and this indoor complex and we creating uh, three different factor again based on our research what uh, today's people want. So when they even pass by we want to constantly want to create wow factor and some people call it as a attention economy. So even just passing by we want to create something they never seen before. Then once they coming in, and also every corner they turn around, we like to them to feel very special by being there. And so even when we design bathroom, and we wanted them to feel not only special, but very creative. And so we creating intentionally this uh, sky bridge and also make them to feel special and creative. And same time, how do you create as a town square? How do you experience? How do you engage other people? One make them to be so happy? So actually we're creating happy place. Not only come there to shop and eat, but I wanted them to feel very comfortable and very happy. And that is say our fundamental idea and because of this idea we are attracting many entertainment company, not only from united states but even from europe and we like to bring some fascinating tenants like this restaurant called robot restaurant in japan and we love to have them to come for example and so we like to have a place where not only local Atlanta interest and local culture, but how do you bring some of the international tenants that make Atlanta people very proud and also see something that they never expected kind of thing. So it's uh, all about how you know this town square can be successful in new location, not center of the Atlanta, but new area. So it's a cool project uh, we want to create. Sounds like something from the future,
0: but almost like a reinvention of something that we used to have in the in the far past, where you'd have a town square, people would come for community experience to feel good be happy share eat shop and kind of a reflect I believe that architecture and art is a reflection of our current civilization also and music too m- music yeah when I say arts I mean all forms of art whether it's fine art music dance and uh, there's a lot of that that's been lacking to be quite honest I think over the last 20 years, I think, with the advent of technology, I think some of the challenges are, especially, you know, I have young children taking their heads out of their phone to look up and experience the world in three dimensions, not in two dimensions of the the mobile device. I think that's a challenge. But I think, you know, the essence of who we are as humans, we kind of need that, want that, and that's innately who we are. And I think this is great. I mean, it sounds like a rebirth of that experience, which is really great. One thing I want to ask you, um, you, you talked about the wow factor. You want to create a wow factor. Do you do that through architecture? Is, is, is that the first look, you know, when someone's driving along the highway and they see this development? Is that one way of creating the wow factor other than, you know, the, with the sky bridge and how it looks and what people perceive it to be until they
1: experience it? Sure. It's uh, all about architecture and uh, design. And to me, interior design should be more installation design, not so much interior design. So I admire when I go Broadway show, how they install the stage and different things happening. So my project, I like to introduce more installation art, so more three-dimensional and even sculpture, something that out of scale, something unexpected thing. If I can introduce consistently unexpected thing, to me that's a wow factor. So how do you capture from outside and as they coming to main entrance, as they walk through this common area, we introducing many different components that I learned, such as uh, Times Square staircase, we're introducing Dakane idea, where high school band can come play and, and community people can sit on the staircase and listening, and different dance from high school or even middle school, so it's a true town square. That's, that's the whole idea. So sure, uh, architecture is very important. Design is very important. Music is very important. You know, when I try to understand more about what is the future of the real estate, and I had tough time to understand by going around real estate community to ask such questions. And so I decided I gotta think out of box. So I had the interest to find out it's like number one group, whether it's a social club or even automakers. So I went to intentionally to meet, uh, Aston Martin people in, in England. And I asked them the question. So what happened to the, car industry in 10 years from now. They say that um, middle brand uh, will disappear. Uh, it's a better time. It's going to be all driverless car. But they say something interesting is that because we are a human, even though everything becomes driverless car, you want to drive yourself once in a while. And you want to have a speed that try to experience that you managing the situation not machine is managing you and because of that they believe that six brands uh, will survive because of their art form of the art of the cars and something very special again they also believe people want to possess something very special so those top brand will survive and they told me every time Aston Martin makes three million dollar car they can sell out in few hours and they believe more and more that trend gonna happen doesn't have to be three million dollars but they want to possess something very unique something special and able to drive you yourself then while I was there I was very curious to learn social gathering place. So one of the friends introduced me a uh, Groucho Group in London and was a fascinating club. And I learned greatly about from that social club why so many interesting celebrity people, famous people started a member and all this decoration done by artists it's a fascinating. And every corner you turn have a different thing. So all these members have complete choice where they wanna be. And if you wanna be quiet, then there's a quieter room. And if you wanna be socializing, there's a place. And if you wanna eat different food, there's a different restaurant. If you wanna smoke cigar, there's a place to smoke cigar. And if you wanna stay over they can stay over it is a complete environment that almost everything is there what you are looking for and those kind of thing is very interesting to me how do you combine what Esther Martin says what Groucho people says so we still learning a lot but I think it's about time to open one complex that's why we are doing it in Atlanta. hmm <clears throat> I can't help but think, you know,
0: what you're describing is fascinating about Aston Martin and the way they see the future of the auto industry with this Groucho Club in London. Sounds like those two companies and Social Club are really targeted towards the luxury end of the market, right, the, the luxury buyer, because both of those experiences sound very expensive. And Aston Martin is a luxury brand. And then what you said is that they see the middle market disappearing, the middle brands. We kind of that, you know, goes to what I said earlier. It's kind of a reflection of where we are as a civilization. I'm starting to see in the housing market that there is no housing or we have a shortage of housing of 4 million homes, I think, this year in the housing market where there's a lack of housing, but we have this incredible surplus of luxury homes sitting on the market. People are building affordable and low-income housing, but this middle market is disappearing, and it seems to be that there's a huge disparity, and they're saying the disparity will continue to grow between the haves and the have-nots, and the middle class and the middle market is fading away and disappearing, which is the largest part of our populations. What are your thoughts about that? What do you, where do you see that in the future and how it relates to real estate, whether it's residential, commercial, retail, industrial? What are your thoughts
1: about that? Yeah, you, your question is a very good one. I don't mean to go Aston Martin and Groucho Club to create only luxury uh, product. I wanted to understand their knowledge of future. And if I can get what they believe is gonna happen and I can implement and translate that idea almost any market and this retail complex I'm building in Atlanta is we don't have Louis Vuitton we don't have Giorgio Armani coming that's not cool to me and so yes it's it's good question we have to really uh as a developer have duty to create for everybody to come and we're trying our best in Atlanta it's it's a well-known city for black people to be very proud and we are uh, talking to them and how do we how do we make a place that everybody can come not only certain people so yeah we gotta do more homework and i like to Do more homework about that
0: and and what are your thoughts on the residential side you know developers have a huge challenge right because there's the cost of land which is expensive there's the cost of construction which is expensive you know no developer is going to do this pro bono um they want to make some profit which is understandable and and, you know as they should but it's getting more and more difficult it seems for a developer to build for the middle part of the market to make a profit, and to provide homes for people who can't afford the luxury properties, but who also don't want to live in low-income housing.
1: Yes, I think politicians is working hard, try to come up solution to that, to low-income and middle-income people. To me, it's first first uh, developer has to think more of the future. So for example, in hotel area, all days, we thought hotel has to be 450 square feet or 750 square feet room. Then there's a part hotel came, and there's Arlo Hotel coming, and they are brilliant people. They understood what today's people want, right? And we no longer, because of technology, have to stay in the room most of the time. They love to socialize. So room doesn't have to be 750 square feet of hotel room. Of course, there's a five-star or seven-star hotel. That's an exception. But we gradually meeting and understanding about what people really want. And I'm sure it's going to happen to residential project too doesn't have to be conventional middle-income housing project that we're trying to build something, is already 10 years old idea. How do you make it middle-income middle people uh, can afford by reducing the size, but creating more amenity and service, right? So, you know, for example, about hotel again, uh, when I go to Arlo or Ace Hotel, people socialize in gathering place. To me, that's also small town square. Apartment complex should be something like that too. And therefore, size of the unit becomes smaller, more functional because technology can do so many things. And and technology-wise, you know, even ten years ago, I went to uh, Samsung company and they were studying whole room is a virtual space. And they say you don't have to decorate or decorate a different thing in your room because this virtual thing turns your room and press over your finger, you are in Hawaii. And and you see this sounds of wave and trees weaving and then if you press another button you are in Denver snowing. I think those kind of technology will make room size smaller and cost less to build by implementing this virtual space. And we should build more of fun place in apartment complex. And, you know, New York is very special city. A lot of time you don't know your next door person. I think that got to get changed by creating this gathering place. But this gathering place has to be interesting for them to come down. And like Groucho Club has to be for everybody. And shy person can stay shy area, you know, active person can stay. active. If we can provide those kind of amenity and service and space and you know, interesting design, and something that they feel good, I'm sure that creation of the room can change. yes, yeah, sounds- And costs go down.
0: <clears throat> sounds like you're describing cities of the future or environments of the future, which, you know, I agree 100%. You know, we're doing a project now with uh, Rockefeller on 29th Street, and it's selling very, very well, even in a challenging market. And it's because we we designed and brought to market very similar to what you're describing. The units are much smaller. The amenities in the building are much more communal. There are more amenities. The developer sacrificed sellable square footage and they gave it to the communal, the entire building. We have a hotel room in the building which could be rented out if you have a guest. So we've kind of solved the space problem within the apartment You know, we found that a lot of the second bedroom suites that we sell in a traditional two bedroom apartment, if it's 1,400 square feet, the second bedroom is, you know, maybe 250 square feet of that, which comprises of a hallway, a bathroom, closets, and a space that'll fit a king size bed. Most people who own those apartments don't use them that way. You know, we find that the second bathroom we have clothing hanging up on the showers, you know, because they don't have enough closet space and it's silly and they're paying the same price per foot for that square footage as they are for their living room and their kitchen. So we became much more efficient. You know, we delivered two bedrooms under a thousand square feet, but with the same functionality. And I think, you know, from a total price standpoint, it was cheaper, um, but the developer is making money. You know, the community loves it. It's near the Ace Hotel, funnily enough. It's in Nomad. It's in that kind of neighborhood where that type of buyer wants to experience that. And I think we hopefully will start seeing more and more of that. You know, it's interesting to me that we still see kitchens and bathrooms and living rooms the same as I've seen them since the 80s. It seems like there's been very little innovation with the way we live in our homes. You know, yes, maybe appliances have gotten better and more sophisticated, you know, we still have the kitchen island. We still have the same five-fixture bathroom. Uh, we still have the same kind of living room. W- where do you see the future of the way we live in our homes from a design standpoint? What should we be thinking about now?
1: We have to understand uh, what residents want. And we ought to study that a lot and so that we can develop this future project to meet their requirements and even politicians should promote this idea I think engaging uh, interacting among the people is a sensational thing and if you look at old version of apartment complex or condominium project is too much of me myself and I that get changed. And by engaging in the gathering place rather than staying home, I think it's, it's a good thing for the people. And doing so, the whole complex, apartment complex, become a cool and fun place by introducing this kind of new amenity and thing. is almost like groucher club and things you know you go around and not typical corridor but you know if you can work with art school and if they can display the students art and so on you gotta make your eyes happy your ears happy you you human happy then i think there's a plenty of room to improve how to make it that happen so that you know the size of complex can be smaller and fitting more more apartments because we rent it, we rent apartment or we sell apartment based on square footage. I think there's uh, there's uh, lots of lots of room to improve that and bring the unit price down, but creating this fascinating uh, place for them to enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a partner. Uh, I you know my um, senior person in our company they have this big apartment complex on A Street. I understand they promoting each other this idea. They gather together and they throw a lot of roof party. They go up and keep promoting how the people are engaging rather than staying home. We have plenty of room to improve. This is a architect's job and developer's job and politician's job, how to create a new bylaws and not only just giving bonus to develop more FAR by introducing public space, but within this apartment complex, if you can promote this idea of people engaging and feel proud and they feel really good, it's good for society to me.
0: Mm I agree. So how many projects are you working on currently? We are uh, doing four projects. Okay. So that's a lot. You talk about studying a lot. You talk about working with architects, like local laws that kind of dictate what you can and cannot do in certain environments. You're working in many different cities. You live in New York City. I know from living in New York City, it's, you know, your, your day starts and it's like emails, it's phone calls, it's continual reacting to the environment, to the people, to the people you work with, uh, and it's a lot. How do you manage your day? How do you manage to, to stay so calm? And uh, it's a two part question. I believe that it's really important to create structured time for unstructured thinking. I believe that if we're constantly reacting, our brains don't have the ability to create and think, think freely and take a step back. So, you know, I'm a strong proponent of creating structured time for unstructured thinking. Artists do this, you know, musicians do this. Do you have that in your daily ritual? What does your average day look like and how do you successfully manage your day to be so successful at what you do?
1: Well, we are in business of solving problem and unexpected problem. And doesn't matter how well you have done the diligence. There's always issues, unexpected issues. All those problem, to me is easy problem. It's all about how you think. If you have confidence about solving problem, then you can solve the problem. But if you believe a problem is a real problem, then you become slave of the problem. So I'm trying to always think uh, when there's a problem, Um, bigger the problem I face, I train myself to be more calm and don't be so reactive. And step back and think, maybe not five minutes, but sometime next day you come up, great idea. So. I've been training that myself like that. Then every morning I get up and I like to be very excited. You know, it's like new days coming. It's a new thing uh, that I'll be facing. It's a driving force for me. And then how do you make it our company working environment is good? We, We have small company. And how do you become like family? then I think it's it's good. So it's all about how you think. If you think happiness, you are happy. And if you have a confidence-solving problem, then every problem is solvable to me. It's not like unsolvable problem.
0: That's a great attitude and great outlook. And uh, have you always had that? Or did you have a mentor? Did you learn that from someone? I think
1: partially you got a bond with it, but also going through different life stage and going through several recessions, which make you very humble. And my background has been unusual. And so everything is uh, it's like indifferent from I was 11 years old or 20 years old 40 years old. I try to keep the same spirit. So if you had to give advice to
0: your 20-year-old self, someone who's 20 years old, trying to get into real estate development, what advice would you give them in today's age?
1: To me, um, not so much about which profession you want to get into. As you said it, it's all the same. Whether whether you are a jazz musician, or I'm a developer, same theory applies. Right. So, people ask me how to be successful. To me, you have to be creative. And if you are a creative, you can solve any problem. So, you know, there's a different people say different way how to be successful, but Foremost to me, uh, you got to have a good mind. I tell this to a lot to young people. Uh, when you put water in a bucket and if you shake it a lot, you cannot see the bottom of it. But when water is calm, then you can see the bottom of it. I think apply same thing to you. And if you have this calm mind and willing to control you, your feeling, then inner power comes out. I think that's a very important thing. And second thing uh, I advise to young people, uh, they say if you work hard, then you can become successful. Of course, you gotta work hard. You have to. But I see a lot of people making mistakes about discontinuing that effort. So even weekdays, uh, some people say, I work very hard from Monday through Friday. Then Saturday and Sunday, they say, I want to get recharged and I want to forget whole thing. To me, that's a disconnect. Because Monday through Friday, we never can complete our work, there's a leftover. Then Saturday and Sunday, other problem appears. And therefore, if you disconnect, then Monday comes, you are a kind of lost in a way, compiling of last week's problem, weekend problem, new problem. And then by the time you try to control that is Wednesday. Then it's evolving again and again. I think that has to get changed. another thing I advise people is think completely opposite way. And then interesting happens. And most of people, 99% of people think same way to solve the issues or the career or differently. Understand that why 99% go in that direction, but... If you think 1% so differently than others, interesting come up. And so I constantly try to tell those three things keep in mind, right? Bring your inner power by being, you know, calm and don't stop. I don't mean on weekend you should not play golf. You should not have a family time. You should do all that. But to me, for me, what I do is three most important thing over last week, I constantly think, and and during the weekend. That's what I advise to young people. Mm-hmm. It's not so much profession. Mm-hmm. Say so you got to have a fundamental. And if you have that kind of fundamental, then you can apply anything, you, whether you want to be accountant, whether you want to be lawyer, we want to be developer.
0: Yeah, I think that's really interesting because you spend so much of your life in the work that you do. What's really interesting having, you know, studied music and being a jazz musician is you don't take the weekends off. It's one continual growth and learning and problem solving and all of the things you just discussed. And musicians and artists generally accept that. They don't have weeks that are nine to five, Monday through Friday. Kind of eliminating that structure in your mind is very, very smart. And continuing to think of it as one long journey, instead of broken up in days of the week, and then you're interrupting them every Saturday and Sunday, and then you're behind on Monday. So I think that's really, really wise and, and great advice. Do you have any techniques to keep your mind clear? Do you practice meditation? Are there certain things you would advise to keep the mind clear?
1: I wish I can control my mind. Uh, it's not easy. I, I tried the meditation too. It's not an easy thing, but it's not like one incident. Uh, this is for, for lifetime training yourself. Every day you're training yourself. And, uh, as you age and hopefully that what I've been training will benefit and continuously take me to different.
0: Do you have a favorite building in New York city or in the world
1: architecturally or just generally? Not so much. I think which building is, uh, most interesting. I like to understand the story, uh, how that got built. And I'm more thinking of uh, the lifestyle they delivering to the building and the design they are delivering to the building. So not so much one building, but each component that I see is, is fascinating and, and has changed a lot. So is there one project or story that kind
0: of you look to and you go, wow, that was fascinating and, and incredible?
1: I shouldn't say this, but my Sky Garage building, I am still very proud uh, because it was some people say it's the first project ever, you know, having such a concept on high-rise building. That's kind of unexpected thing, interest to me.
0: Yeah, no, I think that, that's a great example. I mean, it was innovative for many different reasons. And, I mean, West Chelsea at the time wasn't really much of a neighborhood. So you were one of the pioneers in what's become one of the best neighborhoods in New York City. And I think it's still got a long way to go, but I think it incorporates a lot of the elements that you kind of spoke about with community, art, culture, residential, commercial. I'm gonna be very respectful of your time. Um, So I'm gonna wrap this up, but I wanna come back to one question. You started by saying that, you know, you have to be years ahead as a developer. You kind of have to think almost 10, 20 years ahead because the life of a project is five to seven years. When you built those data centers years and years ago, what are they now? Because we have the cloud, right? So a lot of data is stored up in the cloud. Those data centers conceptually seem like they're a little bit archaic. Have they evolved? Or, and what are, what are those data centers
1: doing at this point? Data centers keep exp- expanding. Uh, they are, a, My understanding, small and big, there are a 2.7 million data centers in the world and Amazon and Google, uh, Facebook, they keep building this giant data center. So even you have a cloud, I think, all gotta come down to at one point, a data center to interconnect each other. And so this data center business will continue in my belief. Interesting. Yeah. And of course, they have an issues about energy issues and so the technology is a fascinating thing even the router and servers they consume much less energy and more efficiency and the things get smaller but this expansion of virtual world is so big and it's expanding so fast and like ai things is another big thing gonna come and I believe data center will continuously expand. Great,
0: well, you know,
1: congratulations
0: on all your success and thank you for your projects because I think they've been really great additions to the way we live our lives. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the future brings and what you will bring to us in the future.
1: Very exciting. Yeah, it's not me, our team does this and uh, I have a lot of good friends and throughout the network, Uh, I learn greatly every day. And I think you were there last uh, event at the Real Deal. I was talking about Microsoft campus. Mm -hmm. It's a serious question we should be asking when they say most of office building will be vacant in 10 years. That's a big homework for every developers to think about. But then
0: that's obviously gonna where are those people who are filling those these offices? They're, where they're going to be working out of? Home, community centers. We have to go somewhere, and we have, we're going to be doing our work everywhere.
1: And think about AI; they giving you know real-time feedback constantly. So it's like you are having hundred different assistant on you. And so working thing, you know, already people driving Tesla and they do work because car driving by itself. And, you know, in subway, we do our cell phone thing. It's all part of that. Mm -hmm. So you really don't need a place to go, but I believe what Esther Martin said, because we are a human, we gotta go to the office once in a while. We gotta go to the place. And I want to stay there. I want to stay away from home. I will stay away. You need need everything. It's a place that has almost everything that future people want. I think that's the future complex will be, in my opinion.
0: Great. Well, I look forward to seeing it. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.